Welcome to Had a Magical Day, the podcast about Disney parks that's like taking a vacation in the middle of your day. Hi, everyone. We'd like to welcome everyone to another magical episode of Had a Magical Day. Uh, Scott and I are here with a very special guest, Lacus. Let's all say hello to Lacus. Hey, Lacus. How's it going? Hi there. And so what we're going to talk about today is going to Disney World with a family member or child that has some special needs and kind of talk about all the ways that Disney can accommodate folks and kind of talk about what that experience is like. So... Without further ado, let's hop right in. All right, let's do it. All right. So just in general, Disney is a challenging place for families with kids, right? I mean, it's crowded. It gets hot. There are long lines. There's lots of stimulation. You always see at the end of the day, you see these kids having meltdowns. So obviously, you know, you probably had to deal with that. And then more so, right, those particular issues. And there's probably other issues that I can't even imagine that you, you can tell us about and how, how you deal with them and how Disney helps you. Yeah, so I was talking about this with my wife earlier uh, today, and we were talking about, you know, I was like, what challenges do we usually deal with at the parks? And, you know, we both kind of came to the same kind of conclusion that the challenges are the same for, you know, probably everyone, but they become uh, more magnified when you have uh, someone on special needs, you know, whatever that may be, you know, physical or on the autism spectrum, it becomes more exasperated, I would say. So, you know, thinking this through, I, you know, I was thinking, you know, long lines are obviously, that's always going to be an issue every time you go to uh, Disney World, you know, it's exasperated more with uh, people with special needs, you know, individuals on the autism spectrum, you know, they might have behavioral issues or aggression, you know, waiting is always a problem and that could, you know, trigger sensory issues, you know, and that's not just for rides, you know you'll get, you get very excited, you know, waiting for the fireworks at the end of the day or, mm. you know, a particular show, you know, so sometimes that can also be an issue. Sounds, you know, that that's was an issue a lot from a lot more for my son when he was younger, you know, um, <clears throat> a loud bang or, you know, explosion uh, would, you know, send him into a sensory meltdown and, you know, he would need input, you know, whether that would be, uh, you know, hugging his, you know, favorite plush toy or weighted blankets, you know, that something that uh, helps, you know, helped him in the past in those situations. Mm -hmm. Let's Uh, let's stop there and like drill down a little bit on some of these. So like you mentioned loud noises, particularly when he was younger and the lower functioning, how do you know, like what some rides have loud noises? Do they, is there a guide somewhere that tells children with autism, like which rides have loud noises that might trigger some of this stuff? Like, how did you navigate that, that issue? What I always do when I go to Disney World is um, I call and email guest services, you know, and if there's something, if there's a ride we haven't been on, you know, I'll say, oh, what's the deal with, um, you know, the Snow Snow White's Mine Train? You know, is that, you know, have flashing lights, loud noises, things like that. Is that something that'll be a concern for us? And they'll tell me if there's anything like that that could potentially be an issue. Um, So that's... uh, one way I go about combating that. I mean, for us, like we decided at a very young age, like it's important for him, you know, to go out into the world and, you know, experience the world at large, you know, and we're not going to shelter him at home just because these things come up. So a lot of it was trial and error too, you know, Mm -hmm. like go to the park and 
oh, he really likes the Peter Pan ride, you know? Like, for example, he did not like the Tower of Terror, you know, the first time we went on that ride. And I thought he would because he didn't seem to mind drops uh-huh. at that point. But the combination of drops, flashing lights, and the spooky nature of the ride just mm-hmm. um, became too much for him. And, you know, I had to cancel a lot of plans after that ride that day to build in a break for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that he he could rest and kind of catch his breath and you know regroup after you know that experience like you can call guest services and they do have like a disability pamphlet at disney world that will give you some information and techniques for you know dealing when dealing with long lines and things like that but a lot of it is up to the the parent and you know the family member of the person um they're traveling with to make sure that you know these things are planned ahead there's a question will disney accommodate you know waiting in line is is there any kind of uh, i know sometimes they'll do that for folks that have maybe wheelchairs but with autism do they allow you to kind of move up yeah so the first time we went to disney world they had a disability program that was really awesome um in the sense that it basically you went to the line and you were immediately put into the front of the line or put into a fast pass queue. Now, now after that, that was about mm, 10 years ago, they discontinued that program because it was being um, uh, manipulated, I guess, by, by some Disney guests, you know? Mm. So they switched it to what's now the disability access service program, the DAS pass, which is all, you know, for us has been awesome, you know, and they basically you, you have like everybody who goes to Disney World on the My Disney Experience app or whatever. They have um, the option of adding three rides ahead of the their trip to the park that day. And if you have a dis- DAS Pass uh, disability access, you can add one more ride uh, like all day long. So you add, you can add say the Peter Pan ride at Magic Kingdom, and then after that, add an additional ride. You know, so. What, what, oh, okay. Yep. So you have the four, but once you use it, you can keep adding one more. Exactly. Well, so one like kind of pro tip I always give to like families uh, traveling with and using the disability pass is go to the, you always go to the main, at the main gate of every park, there's always a place to um, get your disability pass and everybody who is in your party needs to be together at that time. Um, they can add people later on, mm. but they can't, you know, put people on the pass who aren't physically present, you know, so do they have to be physically present to be added to the pass? So just keep that in mind. Um, and that is at the town hall. If you go to the magic kingdom and the other thing I was going to say, this is just a pro tip is, you know, at least in my family, like my wife and son always sleep in, in the morning. So if there's a ride that you really want to go on, and you know you've booked your three rides on the uh, my disney experience app and there's a fourth ride like you know rise of the resistance or you know frozen or you know anything that's in high demand and sold out for the day already if you go to the park ahead of time before the member of your party who is disabled is able to come to the park like what i will do is i'll walk over to that ride and i'll book it with the disability pass um before like Joseph comes with me to the park so that basically we have a fourth ride pre-booked 
you know, I'll go to the park when they open. And then if he comes and joins me later in the day, we have that ride booked. So, so that's because it would be, it would be out. You wouldn't be able to book it later on in the day. Cause it's so popular. Is that exactly? Okay. Yeah. So it, it, you could, you could book it later. Like basically the way the disability pass works is you book a ride, but if there's a two hour wait for that ride, um, like, so we arrived at the park at 10 AM and there's a two hour wait. Um, if you book it at 10 AM, you can't go on the ride until 12, 12 o'clock, you know, but from there at eight in the morning and there's a two hour wait, when we arrive at 10 o'clock, we can go on right away. So it's just like a, that's, you know, a little tip I give people just, mm-hmm. if you're able to go to the park before, um, the member of your party, um, who is disabled, um, is going to join you. Um, that's just like a kind of a quick way to like add one extra ride. If you know, they really want to go on that ride and you haven't pre-booked it already. So now is that only true for the fourth ride that you do that a special disability ride on that? sounds like the fourth one you can always use, but you just have to wait. Is that right? Or exactly. Not? Yeah. When you add a, the disability um, ride, you can add any ride in the park. You can add a ride that's been sold out on the fast pass already for the day. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, um, one of the benefits of the disability pass, you know, and you have to wait the amount of time that everyone else is waiting before you go on the ride. So if the, the line um, is 90 minutes to get on a ride, you have to wait 90 minutes before you go back onto the ride. And then you're immediately put into the fast pass. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, the benefit of it is you don't have to wait in a line, but you do still wait. You just are able to go somewhere else, have lunch, mm-hmm. you know, see a show in the park, do one of the other uh, attractions, you know, like something I do a lot is, you know, the, um, the Disney's Philhar magic mm-hmm. in the, in the fantasy land at magic kingdom. Um, Joseph loves that show and, you know, he's seen it 15 times, but we love it just the same every time we see it. So, um, we'll go to that show if we have like a, a ride booked in that area. And then like, when we get off that ride, like, oh, we're only 10 minutes away from being able to go on, you know, Peter Pan or Snow White or, you know, Winnie the Pooh or whatever. So Mm. it's, uh, you know. There's plenty to do there, thankfully, <laughs> you know, so. Yep, there is. Well, that's a great planning tip, so thanks for that. I talked about, so there's three things I basically do before we go to the park every time. And then, like, one is call and email guest services. I do that. That's my son in the background, if you're hearing him. Um, call and email guest services ahead of time and after every trip, and I share the good and the bad with them, you know, and it's usually, like, more a lot more good than bad it's usually like oh this worked really well um and this didn't go so well and you know consider making this change in the future if possible you know Mm -hmm. um i always try to plan our rides according to proximity of other plans and attractions lunch dinner parades things like that planning ahead is really important you know because disney i find they'll do a lot to help you when you go to the park Um, But you need to work within the system that they have in place. You know, a lot of the time you can ask questions to cast members on site, um, but they need they need a lot more advanced notice for very detail um, oriented support. One time we went there and they they helped us with Jedi training. You know, they they were told our, our concern with Jedi training three months ahead of time. 
and we planned for the level of support we needed that day, you know, three months ahead of time. And then we went to the park and we were able to um, do everything we needed at the park that day and get Jedi uh, training in at Hollywood Studios. So, mm-hmm. so how so did that, that, was, that sounds like it was a potentially an awesome experience for Joseph. How did he like the Jedi training? Yeah, it was really awesome. So here's what happened. Years ago, we went there and um, when Jedi, like a lot of Disney attractions, when they first open up, there's, you know, overwhelming response to it. Like when uh, Rise of the Resistance first opened up, everybody flocked to Rise of the Resistance. Mm-hmm. So when Jedi training first opened up, everybody flocked to that um, attraction immediately when the park opened. And you had this mad crush of people going in and uh, trying to sign up for Jedi training um, right when the park opened and it would be filled up for the day within like 20 minutes of the park opening. So I contacted Disney years ago and I said, Hey, you know, I have a son on the autism spectrum, this scenario where there's this potentially a lot of people running to the same place could be challenging for him, you know, and then getting there, having to go through that and then waiting in line for a long period of time would be problematic. Um, you know, he could go into a sensory meltdown and become very behavioral. You know, it would, it was not an ideal situation. So, you know, we had that bad experience years, years, I wouldn't say bad. It was just, we couldn't do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I, I always say email to get email guest services because you need to, um, they need to be aware of how they can make improvements, you know? So after that trip, I emailed guest services about this particular issue. Um, And then in 2020, uh, in February of 2020, we went back and we went to Hollywood Studios. Our first time back in about since four years earlier, we went there. I contacted guest services three months ahead of time. And I said, hey, is there a way we can avoid, you know, this, you know, crush of people at the beginning of the park, um, park opening and get them in and they basically said yeah we have a system for that now you know and so i called them and they they set up a time they said you're gonna be at the park this day go to jedi training at 12 o'clock and give them your name and all your information and he'll be put on to the list for that time of the day to uh get on stage and you know fight darth vader um and do all that, you know, the good stuff that comes with Jedi training that day. So, so that, that was awesome. And, you know, they, they saw a need and they fixed the need and then, you know, were very good to us um, about getting him in for Jedi training that day. So that was pretty, pretty helpful. That day. It, it, sounds, it sounds like the key to a lot of this is you really kind of have to plan ahead a little bit, make sure if you have specific needs to kind of let, let them know. And then exactly what you can do. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Cause what I find is um, Disney is uh, the cast members are really helpful. Okay. But they're a huge corporation, you know, so you can't expect um, them to be able to drop everything to help you. You know, the day you're at the park, they have literally, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of guests coming through the park every day. Um, so that's not really realistic. You know, if, if you have, um, you have to plan ahead and you have to work within the system that they have in place, you know, but every time I've called ahead, um, they've always given me good information about disability access, um, for rides, disability access for shows. Um, cause there's, 
the um we went to the fantasia no phantasmic show Mm -hmm. uh the last time we went to the park and it was our first time going to that show and they you know i would i email guest services i say hey we're going to phantasmic what do you recommend they said um we have this area here for disability um guests and go here you know and make sure you're there 30 minutes before the show because they're always up front with me which i like in the sense that like we want to help you but try to help yourself too you know like try to um get there at a time where you can know that you'll be able to get to this location where you know there's disability seating for the show and you'll have the space you need and be able to um help your um guests with disabilities uh with whatever they may need prior to the show starting yeah just get to that location because otherwise if you get there like right when the show is starting i mean you see how busy like a lot of these disney shows become you know and the there's there's always a lot of people going to phantasmic so you have to kind of plan for that so it sounds like obviously as andrew mentioned planning is very important but i did like it sounds like they listen you know they take feedback and they they listen and they and they act on it so do you feel you know good like you can say hey you know actually this was one of the things i told them about and they and they fixed it yeah exactly you know and the jedi training is a good example of that the first time we went to the park i remember we went to the um fireworks show at the end of the day at the magic kingdom and crowds were a huge issue for us like and Mm -hmm. you know part of it was i hadn't it was the first time i went to the park and i had never been on main street and realized like all the lights get turned off now i can't see anything you know where's my where's my wife where's my son you know like uh he's they've been you know carried off to disney magic um so you know that was a little confusing and disorienting um but also i didn't know where um the disability area was you know because they have a specific disability area for that show because there's so many people it's the most popular uh show at disney world you know and they Mm -hmm. have the most and largest crowds uh go to that show so you know after i had that bad uh, challenging experience i contacted guest services and they said oh yeah you know make sure you go to this spot um by main street and we'll and, we, and then we went there the second time we, we saw the fireworks and it was awesome like we had an, enough space to work through any issues that joseph had at the time you know and um it worked out you know much better so always good to plan ahead and contact guest services is uh, like one of the main things I always uh, tell people when they go to Disney world for the first time. And, and Lacus, when I, when I go to Disney world, I, it's like, I'm going with my clipboard and my, and I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I get everything done. You know, I'm on, I'm on a mission, but that's probably not the best way to do it for anybody. But it sounds like if you're going with somebody that might have um some additional, you know, some special needs or need some accommodations. It's really best to be kind of flexible and yeah. kind of turn as you need and say, okay, well, maybe we're not going to do this today. Would you agree with that? Or Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, so I used to do a, a lot of, I haven't done as much recently, but I used to do a lot of chatting on like um, Facebook boards or whatever um, for, you know, Disney uh disability uh family members that would go to the parks and like a a constant uh theme was i'd constantly be telling people don't overbook yourself you know look at your family situation uh look at your uh 
the family member who has disabilities look at their situation. Like if they have a tough time going to the grocery store, whatever the issue may be, you know, chances are they won't last a 12 hour day doing every little single thing there is to do at Disney World, you know? So like build in breaks, you know, plan to go to dinner and sit down somewhere and enjoy a dinner, you know, plan to um, find break and quiet areas because cast members, when you contact guest services, will tell you where there's um, quiet areas at the park to be able to, you know, just get away from all the stimulation that you encounter at a park, you know, and also, you know, if this is your first time, like we went, the first time we went to Disney World, we went for one day, we were staying in Tampa and we drove two hours to the park and we drove two hours back on the same day. Um, and then we, we learned from that and said, oh, well, ne- next time we'll stay overnight, you know, and next time we'll stay a few days. And now we, every time we go there, I can't see us uh, not wanting to spend a week there mm-hmm. and, you know, go to, go to every park if possible. But I always say to people, especially if it's your first time going to the park, don't overbook yourself. Like don't book a seven day trip to Orlando with a seven day park ticket. You know, I would say it makes sense to add um, breaks and, you know, add a, you know, a quiet day in between the park days, you know, Mm. um, a pool day or a quieter trip to Disney Springs. uh, Things like that are, you know, I find, to be pretty helpful. Like even now when I go, you know, with my family, like we are mindful of like what our limitations are, you know, and cause like not just uh, for my son, Joseph, but my wife has some mobility issues as well. So, you know, we, we don't, um, you know, usually if I go to the park with Joseph, you know, from 12 in the morning, excuse me, 12 noon until 10 at night or something, my wife would probably join us at like three or four in the afternoon, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, spend the evening with us, you know, so that's, uh, you know, a way that we don't overdo it, you know, and yeah, I always say also just ask for help, like if you need it, you know, the cast members will try to help you and assist you. And like worst case scenario, the answer will be, no, we can't do that, you know, right now, you know, Um, and that that has happened to me, you know, there was one time I remember, we, uh, the seven dwarfs mine train, uh, broke down the day before and we were at the Ep- we were at Epcot the next day and I was like oh you know the ride broke down the day before can you know I have can you add something to, to the park for today and they said no that's not how the, the disability pass works we can't quite do that and I said okay well I asked and it's all good you know mm-hmm. so not overbooking yourself and pacing yourself and building in breaks and time to rest is really important when you're going to you know the happiest place on earth. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And that, and that works for everybody too. I mean, like we said, it can be very hectic and hot at the parks and taking some time off. Uh, you know, like you said, if you're going for a week, take a day off, enjoy the pool and whatnot. When you went that first time for a day, was that kind of spur of the moment or was that a deliberate decision to say, you know, let's just see how he does, you know, how we do one day at the, at the park? Uh, it was spur of the moment, actually. <laughs> um, you know, like, yeah, I know it's funny. It's like, do as I say, not as I do. Type scenario, yeah. Well, that was the first one. So you learned and you're sharing what you learned. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, we yeah we went last minute. And I remember at the end of the night, we actually, so we had one of Joseph's therapists with us 
at the end of the night and she got really overwhelmed um because we were on main street she was like i'm just gonna go in this store and buy us buy a hoodie you know and then the fireworks ended and like everyone swarmed out of the park and we couldn't find her for like 40 minutes at the end of the night um and it turned out like you know she just was like i just got really overwhelmed there was a lot of people were like yeah no worries you know it's just you know it makes sense it does happen to pretty much anyone you know Mm -hmm. um but that first trip was challenging but beneficial in the sense that you know he learned what all the challenges are you know and he grew from it uh my son i mean and was able to enjoy the parks now you know because of that first trip where um, there was challenges in the sense that, you know, he didn't understand why you couldn't meet every single character. Um, you know, he would see a character on the street and like, why can't I hug Mickey Mouse, sir? And he would start crying, you know, something like that. But, um, but he, he grew from it and um, it worked out pretty well in the long run because now he has no problem, you know, spending a week there if he has to. So, and, and he loves it there. We're a Disney family at this point. So. <laughs> Does he have a favorite thing that he loves at Disney? Like, is there, we like, we ask that of everybody, like, what's your favorite thing when you get there? Does he have something in particular? And we're going to ask you. <laughs> Joseph's favorite thing at Disney world, probably the next thing that is built there, you know, because the, um, the last time we went, we did uh, rise of the resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was awesome in the sense that they don't really advertise this. I don't know if it's hundred percent. No, if it's still the case, but when we went in the morning and then you get assigned a time to go back later in the day, if you, at the time, I didn't realize this, but if you have someone in your party um, with a disability pass, you can actually go back sooner than the time that you had. Like if it said, come back at one o'clock, you could have come in. You could still only do it once that day, you know, because they limited the amount of the uh, amount of times you can go on the ride but they let you go in sooner you know if the person in your party needs to go sooner than the the, a lot of time that you have um so i'd say uh he loves the haunted mansion toy story anything works out pretty well for him as well so and how about the rest of family how about you and your wife what are your, your favorites haunted mansion definitely haunted mansion like and all the star wars stuff is probably our favorite things to do there we did the droid building the last Mm -hmm. time we were there um and that was pretty cool because again they had uh they were booked for the day and i i had a time allotted for 5 30 p.m and we went i went in the room and i was like oh i have a 5 30 p.m time um but my son's on the autism spectrum um can you accommodate an earlier time um, and they said they could. So again, like, you know, it's good to ask and it's good to ask questions. And um, a lot of time they can, the cast member can help you. Um, I have a few examples of times cast members did help us. I could share with you guys if you're. Sure. Sure. So um, I mentioned the Jedi training um, and that was a really great experience and, you know, a good example of contacting the parks ahead of time. Uh, but sometimes things go wrong and there's nothing you can do about it. Like we were on, so this one time we were at, the first time we went on the Frozen ride at Epcot, um, the ride broke down and we were third in line to get on to the ride uh, mm-hmm. after waiting for about, you know, you know, 25 minutes so, you know, I was, I was like, oh God, what, what are we going to do? And my son was, you know, obviously concerned, but 
I went to talk to a cast member and they gave us passes to go back onto the ride. And also two people in the gift shop saw my son like crying because he was like, you don't understand, like, oh, we can't go on the ride. Hmm. We're never going to get on the ride. And I was trying to explain to him, no, they just need to fix it and they get back on. They two cast members saw him upset and said, you know, went into this uh, whole uh, acting spiel about, you know, oh, that we're, we're citizens of Arendelle. And they told a story of Elsa, you know, going into, uh, you know, an ice rage and like um, this, you know, accidentally destroying the ride. And she's, well, she's putting it back together now uh, <laughs> with all the citizens of Arendelle. It'll be up and running soon. So that was awesome and really helpful. Um, another story that comes to mind is um, we were checking out, it was the end of the day. And like I said, my wife has some mobility issues and, you know, we passed by the Indiana Jones show and it was packed and it was swarmed with people and the show was about to start. And we went to the front gate and, you know, they were, they had kind of, it looked like it was closed. It was capac- at capacity and we were, we kind of said, Oh, let's just leave. And, you know, we'll try to check this out tomorrow or another day. And, a cast member saw, we didn't even show them our disability pass. They had saw that we had it in like a, you know, our, a backpack or something. And they came over to us like, oh, you have, you know, they, what, what's, do you need access to the show? Is there anything I can do to help you? And, you know, they were able to, you know, find a seating in the back of the, you know, amphitheater that they have there. And, you know, we were able to get in and see that show without any issue. But and like one of my favorite memories is, we were on the toy story ride uh at disney world and i told my son like okay we're gonna go on this ride then we'll go over to the buzz lightyear meet and greets which are right outside the ride you know mm. this and is the hollywood studios that, that at ride? hollywood yeah yeah at hollywood studios and we um got off the ride and then went over the meet and greets and right as we walked to the meet and greets they had ended for the day you know because they had to pick a time and say okay this is we have to end this line now. And, you know, you know, so Joseph was, you know, obviously upset and there was a toy soldier that was outside, you know, by the Buzz Lightyear uh, meet and greet area. And they saw Joseph was upset and started playing games with him and playing hopscotch with him. And at like within two minutes, like he was just like, you know, like, completely had forgotten about Buzz Lightyear and was just like amazed and, you know, in this really happy place that he was playing with one of the toy soldiers from um, Toy Story. Uh, So it was, it was at a point where he wasn't very verbal, you know, so, you know, and, you know, he basically just like signed to us, like, you know, like, I love this, you know, Mm because he could do a little bit of sign language at the time. And, um, you know, we, we thanked this toy soldier, like we told them like, oh, you know, he's on the autism spectrum, you know, he never really interacts with people like this. Like, this is a really awesome that you did this. And like, you know, he gave Joseph a high five and, you know, totally diffused the situation. So, um, so that, that's some of our best memories. Um, and then just generally, like I said, uh, always call ahead and they'll, they'll be happy to give you tips disability seating areas, rest break areas in the parks and honest advice about, you know, getting to shows and places early um, to be able to um, see all the things that you want to see at the parks. So 
So, so really, the you know, the, I think the parting thing for folks to remember is if you need something, don't be afraid to ask. And, yeah. you know, they, they want you're spending a lot of money. They know that they want you to have a good time. They want you to leave happy. So if they can help you with something, they will. And, you know, all the better if you can plan it ahead of time, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Plan, planning ahead has saved us, um, you know, countless headaches when we go to the park. And I mean, it's it seems kind of, um, you know, logical, but also like, you know, you, you don't know until you ask. And um, it's just the, the best thing to do, especially if you're traveling with a party that has, a, you know, a member of the party who's disabled. All right. Well, that was a great story. And thank you for sharing, you know, all these tips for people. It's going to be really helpful, I think, for folks who don't know about these things already. Um, so we appreciate you coming on. Uh, Lacus, we always wrap the show up uh, the same way. I'm going to count to three and we're all going to try to do it. It's never in sync. It's always terrible, but that's kind of our signature at this point. One, two, three. We'll, we'll see, see you real, real soon. soon. <laughs>